I'm Micah Boyette, and you're listening to The Slow Way, a podcast about the quiet goodness of pursuing a sacred love that transforms everything, including you and me. This is a space where we're learning the inefficient gifts of rest, of prayer, and the practice of going slow in a world that tells us our worth is found only in our speed, success, or power. This is a space where we practice paying attention to what's real, the true thing deep down underneath the surface where love lives, remembering that sometimes we just have to stop long enough to notice. I'm grateful you're here, making space to be reminded. This is episode 80, Epiphany and our invitation to enchantment. Let's go the slow way. We've been exploring what the season of Epiphany could look like for us the past few weeks. How this in-between season, between the joy of Christmas and the heavy austerity of the season of Lent, can help us learn to live into all the things at once. The joy and celebration, the self-discipline that comes with transformation. Last week, I shared about Epiphany as a season of liminality, a time when we're on the threshold of something new and good, a time when we're leaving something that aches, the in-between. Somehow, the season of liminality is also the season of light. What does liminality have to do with revelation, with clarity, How do we hold both the ache of life and the hope of God making all things new? This week, two dear friends in my life have been walking through extraordinary pain, and I've had their pain in my periphery as I've moved through my normal, non-painful days. I had a realization this week as both of them came to mind while I unloaded the dishwasher. Prayer, I realized, is a relief I've never thought of it this way before, prayer as a way to transform my worry or sadness for someone I love into an act of intention, an act of hope. This is liminal work. It's choosing to stand in the threshold between the reality that this world and therefore our lives are not what they should be, while holding hope that all, even the cruelest pain, will be transformed into something beautiful and good. I believe that's the work of prayer, standing in the threshold, holding suffering and hope in the same hand. How do we live into this tricky balance of acknowledging the very real pain and suffering of our lives and still choosing hope? In his book, Hunting Magic Eels, Recovering an Enchanted Faith in a Skeptical Age. Psychologist and theologian Richard Beck quotes the remarkable Marilyn Robinson in her novel, Gilead. Quote, It has seemed to me sometimes as though the Lord breathes on this poor gray ember of creation and it turns to radiance. For a moment or a year or the span of life, 
and then it sinks back into itself again. And to look at it, no one would know it had anything to do with fire or light. Wherever you turn your eyes, the world can shine like transfiguration. You don't have to bring a thing to it except a little willingness to see. End quote. That willingness to see is the beginning of what Beck calls enchantment, a holy capacity to see and experience God in the world. Here's another way Beck thinks about enchantment. Quote, Ask anyone who has carried their faith over many decades about how they have done so. They have not been forcing themselves to believe in unbelievable things. Rather, the doggedly faithful will share stories about burning bush moments in their lives when they bumped into God, encountered a love and mystery beyond words and descriptions. These strange sights are not flights of fantasy or wishful thinking. They are the most reality-filled moments in our lives, the truest things we have ever experienced. I try to get at this idea in my forthcoming book, Blessed Are the Rest of Us, when I use Richard Rohr's phrase, the really real, to think about those moments of clarity, of bumping into God. The most reality-filled moments in our lives. So what does it mean for us as we mark the season of epiphany? Light in the darkness, clarity in the sparse physical landscape of winter, attention and discovery in the in-between spaces. This week, for me, it's been this simple. Prayer as relief. Prayer is an act of intention where I don't deny the micro and macro ache of this life, the hurts that arrive in our lives or the lives of those we love, and the greater pain that lives in our societies and systems. And still we choose the thorny, winding path of hope. We choose it with eyes wide open so we may see when we bump into God. slow practice. In Everything Belongs, Richard Rohr shares this conversation between a Zen master and his disciple. Quote, is there anything I can do to make myself enlightened? As little as you can do to make the sun rise in the morning. Then of what use are the spiritual exercises you prescribe? to make sure you are not asleep when the sun begins to rise. In other words, Roar is inviting us to be enchanted, to pay attention so that we might, quote, bump into God. That's what we're practicing here each week when we try a slow practice, prayer as relief, as a way to move ourselves toward hope. This week, let's practice not being asleep when the sun begins to rise. One way to grow in our awareness of the Spirit is to practice what Jean-Pierre de Cossade called the sacrament of the present moment. Today, or tomorrow, if you're listening to this without much time left in the day, I'm inviting you to pause with me three times in your day. 
You may want to set some alarms for this or sync this practice up with your regular breaks in the day. Toilet breaks, snack breaks, walking to and from your office or to and from your home. However you can do this, make it intentional. Decide ahead of time when these breaks will be and have a plan for how you will mark them. There have been studies lately that giving ourselves small rests throughout the day, i.e. mini breaks, can be just as important as getting enough sleep at night. Mini breaks are simple moments of respite, giving yourself social, emotional, or sensory rest. Let's think of these breaks in our days as moments of spiritual enchantment, looking for God magic around us. Here's an optional guide for your one-minute breaks. Begin by breathing in three long breaths, counting to four as you inhale and four as you exhale. We'll practice here. Breathe in. Two, three, four. Breathe out. Welcome the Spirit of God this moment. Ask for eyes to see and pay attention to the enchantment around you. Then open your eyes and list what you see, either aloud in your prayerful mind or by writing them down. What is happening in this moment around you? What do you see, hear, touch? And simply say, write, or think what is good in the presence of God. And then go back to work. This may seem like too simple of a practice to make a difference, but as Rohr says, when it comes to spiritual practice, quote, the mystery is to be ready to receive things as they are and be ready to let them teach us. May we be still this week, ready to receive things as they are, ready to bump into God. Thanks for being here. Choosing a moment of quiet and allowing yourself to be slow here is a way of refusing to conform with the culture around us. And look at us. We're making space for a fuller vision of ourselves and others, making space for wisdom, making space for love. That, my friends, is no small thing. Big thanks to Jason Boyette for designing our slow way graphic and the always wonderful Angelina Marie for editing. This coming February 24th, I'm offering an interactive online workshop for my paid subscribers. It's tentatively called Embracing Our Limits, Discovering Our Wholeness. An hour on a Saturday morning to work through some of the themes of my new book. And yes, I changed the title since last week's episode, but I'm allowed to, okay? Find the link in my show notes to learn more. 
I'll be offering more opportunities like these, including an online book club to read through my book together this spring for my paid subscribers. It's just $5 a month, and I would love for you to join the community. Also, you can pre-order Blessed Are the Rest of Us, How Limits and Longing Make Us Whole right now at Baker Bookhouse, where it's 40% off the price of other booksellers. The first 200 pre-orders over there will receive a signed copy and a fun little gift from me. Check my show notes for a link. Also, while you're thinking about pre-ordering the book, why don't you share this podcast or my Substack letter with a friend who you think might enjoy it? Subscribing and sharing goes a long way. You can follow me on threads or Instagram at mycoboyette or meet me back here next week. You can always do that. And I hope I'll see you then.